I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, May 27, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We got stuff. We got a lot of stuff on the docket to discuss today. Let's get right into the daily chart of the S&P 500, namely the Spider. What is the first two or three things that jump off the chart at me? Let's start with thing number one. Thing number one is what the market did this morning, the tail low that comes in just short of two places. A, just short of the 100 period moving average. That's not really that important. What's more important is it comes up just short of the daily chart gap. 295.44 is the number. Low of day really wasn't that close, but the fact is on the daily chart, it is a miss and the market turned around and went in the other direction. Low of day today on the spider was 296.87, but we can use that as a thing because the market turned around, finished at the high of the day. So what we have here is an attempt to go down once again We're going to discuss that further. An attempt to go down once again, yet the market had a rescue operation finished near the highs by the end of the day or at the high at the end of the day. In fact, in the aftermarket session leading into the 415 futures close, the market did continue higher, therefore closing well for the day. That is another bullish sign. You put together the things that matter. Missing the gap, turning around, finishing at the highs. Finishing at the highs in and of itself after being down is bullish. But here's the thing. Not only was the market down early in the morning, it was up overnight. It was up early in the morning and the market crapped out. Let's put in perspective what happened. So here is yesterday at just before midnight, the market begins to climb up. Here at the high, this is at 6 a.m. in the morning. Then the market rolls over. Where did it go to? Now this is Monday morning quarterback stuff, but let's take a look and think back to some of the things that we discuss all the time. The market found stability or support where? right into a former breakout area. How do we classify a former breakout area? The market eats time off the clock. It's going back and forth in a bullish, flaggish type of formation. Then it breaks up, never revisiting this area. So what did they do? They revisited the area. They didn't have to do it all at once. It could have happened another time. You didn't know that was going to be the bottom at the time. Here's an hourly chart. Here's another question. How did we know that that was going to be a bottom even after the market had bottomed at the low of day? How did we determine that a low could be in? Where were some of the numbers that were important? Once the market got back above, we had something to sink our teeth into. Enter inside the numbers. Let's just take a look for now at the 1120 post. By staying above SPY 298.40 on short-term candle closes... These are classified as 10 and 15 minute candle closes. That gives us some stability. They should work their way back toward 
300. Now beyond 300, we'll cover that later. Right now, we're focused on 11.20 in the morning. The other side of that was getting below the low of day and the gap at 295.42 becomes when rather than if. Well, that didn't happen, but we have to always give both sides. We need to be an umpire. So let's put that in perspective. Where is 298.40? There it is. So it's not at the low of the day, but it's near the low of the day. How about in perspective, the SPY breakout area? Here's the low of day, and you can see here... This is that consolidation area before a breakdown, but it's near former pivot highs. The market is telling us when it rallies up to a spot and then sells off, it's telling us that spot is important. So once the market got above that spot, that becomes a breakout area. Now, to the penny, it's hard to say. It's subjective. Where exactly is the breakout area? It's a concept. We have to use the other tools in our belt the stuff that's taught in the Lazy E-Mini Trader course to find and refine exactly where the numbers actually are. Let's magnify it a little bit. There's that 298.40 staying above that and the market was what? It was headed toward 300. There's 300. Are we likely to find overhead resistance once we get to 300? Of course we are. The market spent some time eating it off the clock. Instead of being rejected at 300, it hung around 300. We know what that means. That's generally a tell. What's the tell? The tell is it was eating time off the clock to go another leg higher. How does this relate to stocks on the move? Stocks are headed to a destination. The SPY is headed to a destination. It's either going to get to the destination and go back in the other direction or hang out for a cup of coffee because it's got another destination in mind. So when it hung out for a cup of coffee, we could make a reasonable assumption using the 80-20 rule at our disposal that there was another leg higher coming. Back to inside the numbers, 1233 post. Now they're making the move higher, so we have to know where the resistance areas are. 300.60, 301.40. Let's go see how those worked out. Here's a reset on the five-minute chart. 360, you can see the market almost got there, didn't quite get there. It did sell off a little bit, but what it ended up doing was, again, eating time off the clock. There's your move higher to what? 301.40, 301.40, give or take a few cents on either side. And that was also a stopping point on a temporary basis until what? They worked their way through because they really weren't fully rejected. They just had a pullback in the midst of eating time off the clock. And then the next move higher to the gap at 302.46. That's the gap that's been on the chart for quite some time. They finally got there after the third attempt over the last couple of days. And then they closed above the gap. That's bullish. Are they going to go get 3,100, give or take? Are they going to bust through 3100 before this is all said and done and the answer is it's more likely than not at present call it 310 in the spy maybe it's 309 maybe it's 311 and change but that's the general zone for the next target that's the general zone where we may likely begin discussing a short trade now what if they put in a sign or a signal of a trend change before they get there well then things change But right now, that's the target that's on my mind. 
Couple of things. You know my mind is a very, very dangerous place to be. Second thing, I know that the bears out there are now hammering on the dislike button. You know, the thumbs down button, whatever it is. We talked about something before, we touched on it, we've talked about it at length before over the last several days, which is when the market can't go down, it's having trouble going down. It's have every excuse under the sun to go down. Middle of the night, middle of the morning, early in the morning, late in the day. It's had every excuse at every possible time and it keeps coming back. What is that telling us? We're just using the common sense logical thing which is it hasn't got to final destination yet therefore the final destination is magnetic something is drawing price somewhere north of where we are that's it we don't have to know anything else than that it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that we don't need to talk about the coronavirus we don't need to talk about opening back up the country what we do need to talk about is It may be a situation where it's a buy the rumor, sell the news type of event. As the country actually does open back up, maybe the reality of what's actually going to happen or what's ultimately already happened begins to take hold. Maybe that begins to become a reality. What is that? That's a discussion for another time, but in short, it's the economy's not going to be the same. It's not going to come roaring back and go past where it was. There's going to be higher unemployment. Not every company's coming back. We all know that. It's going to become a reality. Right now, it's a disconnect from what's going on in the market. We can't use what logic and the media says are going on. We have to use what the price says is going on and what the technicals on the chart says are going on. Here's what we're going to do with Inside the Numbers. Since I gave you a snapshot of a couple of pieces of Inside the Numbers, what we're going to do is run through the notes, run through Stocks on the Move. We'll take a look at those charts in a moment. And then it gives you an opportunity to do it at your leisure. You can start and stop the video whenever you like. I'm not going to explain everything that's there. Everything that's there will become obvious to those people that want to know, those people that want to know if, in fact, these type of notes, this commentary from inside the numbers can be helpful to them if they're active during the trading day. That's really how it's helpful. It's not helpful to somebody who can't watch the market during the day. It's helpful to those that are earning a living, trying to earn a living with the market during the day. If you're treating this as a business, what I can tell you is that this is, in fact, helpful. If you're worried about a return on investment, don't worry about a return on investment. Most traders get a rapid return on investment from inside the numbers. I can't say everybody will all the time. There are certainly traders that, for whatever the reason, they choose to make up the rules on their own. They don't really embrace what's going on here. What's going on here? What's going on here is the three-pillar approach. These videos every day is the ongoing education. Lazy E-mini Trader Course is the foundation of how the market works, the foundation of everything that I'm teaching. It's with the curtain pulled back. The last piece to the puzzle is inside the numbers, and what that gives us is it gives us the daily roadmap, the daily opportunities of stocks on the move. It gives us the pulse 
and the real-time guidance or tour guide for what the market is doing all day, every day. Now let's go take a peek at the entire list from Stocks on the Move. Facebook is not registering entry hit for whatever reason. It's a data feed issue that happens, but it did hit. We'll take a look at that chart. We'll take a look at the Peloton chart, and we'll take a look at a couple of others because Zoom, while it said jump target, it jumped the first target, not the second. How about we start out with Moderna? Seems to be a hot dot lately. They're in the vaccine business. It opened below the number. It becomes a scratch. But the takeaway is it opened below both numbers, in fact. Not by a lot, but the opening print today was 51.20. And then you can see it did a dive, but it came right back to where? In between the two numbers confirming there were both important. Sometimes it happens like that. No big deal. It's a scratch slash no trade. How about Zoom? I want to talk a little bit at length about Zoom. So it was opening up, getting its haircut at the open. It opened below the first number. The first number is off the table. Now the focus is on the second and third entry targets. And you can see what happened. Let's zoom in a little bit. Just for fun, we go down to a three-minute chart. And you can see that that area was certainly support the Zoom price bounced way up to, all the way up to a high of 157.50. Some of that's tongue-in-cheek the way I said that because it came right back into that zone and went lower. But there's something I want to discuss. Some traders got a profit right there. Other traders were still holding it and when it went lower, they end up getting nervous. Let's talk about stops. Did Zoom ever stop out? And the answer is no, it didn't. Now, I'm going to get some Weisenheimer that says, hey, it traded below the stop. The stop was at 152.70. Right. The stop was 152.70 on hourly closes. What that person, the Weisenheimer guy, what he or she didn't do is read the section under Stocks on the Move that says Stocks on the Move notes. Must read. The hourly closes are there for a reason. It's a place where the stock is likely not going to close hourly below. Can it? Yes, it can. It can run a test, but it's unlikely to do so. They're picked out with tender, loving care. Stock closed at the high of day. Peloton, you can see the importance of the number. This one stinks because they came within like 11 cents and had the type of rally away or mini rocket ride away in a matter of minutes then they came back down the second time around we don't know whether they're going to cut through that price like a hot knife through butter or it's going to work the second time around it's not the same trade the second time around but again the takeaway is look what happened at the number the numbers work Facebook, similar story to the other one we looked at. I think it was in Zoom. It gave you a small trade at the number, then it went lower and then back up. And this back down here with Zoom and Facebook was when the market was getting escorted out behind the woodshed before its turnaround. So everything pretty much trades together. Rising tide lifts all boats. When the tide goes out, everything takes a hit. Here's the important thing. Did Facebook get stopped out even though it came a little bit below the stop? No, it didn't. Again, the stops are selected with tender loving care. Back to the SPY, a little bit of a short hop. What would the market need to do or be doing in the morning to tell us, hey, it's not so bullish, 
they're failing. The first thing would be getting back below the gap. Opening back below the gap wouldn't be great for the market, but that's not necessarily a failing market. What would be a failing market? Getting back below the fat numbers, 300 in the SPY, 3,000 in the ES contract. They're not identical when you match them up. It's close enough for conceptual purposes. Either way, inside the numbers members, regardless of what the market's doing in the morning, will have a beat early on. We show up in uniform, ready to go. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Same story as the SPY, but what you'll find in the notes in the commentary, if you stop the video to read it, is that the IWM and the second favorite market leading indicator, first favorite canary in the coal mine, the folks down at the transportation department, those two leading indicators, at least from where I sit, were not down. They were not getting killed. It was not the same as the S&P 500. They were leading the market. It was a tell. It was noted in the commentary. Turned out to be the tell. Look at that. The IWM filled a gap today, closed above it. If the whole thing is a rope-a-dope, they'll open below it, and they'll open below some important stuff. Namely, that 100-period moving average or yesterday's opening print. Opening below that is likely not good for the IWM. Not saying that is going to happen, but that is the other side. Be the umpire. Be the ball. Canary in the coal mine, the folks down at the transportation department, we talked about this. Yesterday it was up 5%. Look at the volume today on another up day. Closing above the 100 period moving average on the first run. Again, that's bullish. That's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. What number did we talk about the transports heading to? We talked about right around 9,200. Where are they now? 91.51. They just ran out of time. Do they have to stop at 9,200? No, they don't. What's up here? Breakdown candle high. Where is it? 9,300. These are some important numbers that the transports are heading to. As long as the tape stays bullish. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley, the Qs? Well, look at this. They come down, miss a gap. We talked about that earlier with the SPY. Turn around, finish at the high of the day. That's bullish behavior on two counts. A, they finish at the high of the day. B, they miss the gap. They were too bullish to go get the gap. That's one way to look at it. The other way is they weren't weak enough to get down to the gap. We talked about this on a repeated basis. The Qs are bullish. They're above all the moving averages. The trend is higher. They're coming up to and approaching double top already. This is absolutely a crazy run in the Qs. How many pies in the face has this produced? How about the XLF? Again, we know the story here. Without the financials, the market's not going very far in either direction. Guess what? Again, tested some lower stuff, finished at the highs, very bullish, also up almost 5% on heavier volume than yesterday. Again, that's bullish information. Take it at face value. The duck is bullish. As hard as it is to believe, take it at face value. We've seen this before. Every time we see it, we have the same people with the deer in the headlights look. The market will find a top. It will have a reversal, but it will do it on its terms, not anybody else's terms. Smash Mouth. Anything wrong with this market? No, absolutely not. Finish at the highs. Same story. Broken record. No reason to repeat the same information. I think everybody by now has the gist of what's going on here. 
Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? And without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. That's going to do it for today. It's going to be a wrap. Pull the ripcord. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.